You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to performance coach Jason Alley and he shares a lot of his running journey, including the fact that he has had two heart attacks, a broken neck and a broken back and he is still running. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am delighted to introduce you all to Jason Alley, all the way from Hobart, I believe. Jason, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is again another person who has been referred to the podcast. So if there's anyone that you want to hear on the podcast, let me know because I'll harass them until they say yes, which is pretty much what happened to Jason. Uh, he's been referred to me um, as a great person uh, to share with everyone. And I'm excited to get to know a bit more about you as well. And we just had a little chat off the podcast, and I know this is going to be fun. So tell me, where did you grow up, Jason? Uh, yeah, born born in Hobart, Tasmania. Um, yeah, grew grew up through uh, well, I guess the rougher suburbs of uh, Rokeby and Moraine, and went to mm -hmm. Moraine Primary School, um, which in a way started off, I guess, my athletic career in grade five or six with one of the local teachers there. Obviously, saw yeah. a bit of something, and yeah, grew up local, and then um, kicked around kicked around the local scenes and then head off to the mainland when I was uh, 18 to move to Melbourne for, for running. Wow. So before you left, yeah, before you left, um, number one, did you have two, uh, brothers and sisters? Have you got siblings? Yeah, we, yeah, four boys. Yeah, five yeah. boys. In oh, wow. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Full on. Yeah, four. So eldest eldest brother um, and then, yeah, three three more under me. And do uh, your, did your um, parents support you guys to be quite sporty did they encourage it did they was how did that work in the dynamic of your home yeah look, they did um you know it was very a hostile environment growing up but one mm. thing that we all were um I guess moved towards especially my older brother and myself you mm. know we were in any sport that's what we did you know I think half the reason was to get out of the house but yeah you know, the, the school that you know, we weren't the smartest kids getting around we're okay at school but yeah. you know anything with a ball racket run yeah. jump we're into so yeah it was definitely pushed that way and one thing the parents did they always made sure that we got to all those sporting um yeah. events teams and training mm -hmm. sessions how they did it I, I don't know but they did mm. Mm. it's interesting isn't it when you look back and uh and think about you know your, your childhood and especially in relation to mm. what your parents encouraged and, and how they they helped and the support that that they give you, and you often don't recognise it until later. In many ways, it's oh, like, absolutely, yeah, wow. Because especially with the elite kids, I've noticed, um, you know, kids who excel at a particular sports, there's quite a bit of extra things the parents have to do in order for them to follow those sort of dreams at those times. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely, it's just a fun hmm. road. It's costly, you know. We hmm. there wasn't a lot of money getting around back exactly. then. I'd hate to think what some of those sporting trips, uniforms equipment would have cost exactly it would have been a lot of money so um your teacher you mentioned a teacher that actually recognized a little bit of talent in you uh, mm. in while you're at school how did that how did that sort of 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, there was a grade three teacher, uh, Miss France, who I was a bit of a rat bag. I was a class clown and, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to get out and kick the football every lunchtime, you know, being mm -hmm. in the classroom to me was a waste because I was always being told I was going to be great at, say, yeah. football or sport. So yeah. I guess in a way the system wasn't great. But the head principal who quite often saw me um, end up saying one day, you know, <laughs> if you keep going down this line of being class clown and you end up getting a, a rap sheet or a bad reputation, you know, not only are you picked on talent for these Australian teams, but it's also your attitude. Yeah, so he then took me aside and uh, he was the football coach. Mm -hmm. and he then created this little run group after school because we actually had quite a good number of uh, athletes at our school for running. Awesome. So he started this after-school running group that yep. he made us run around the block, and mm -hmm. I think that was just so we weren't hanging out. And then, yeah, look, I, I wasn't a great run. I was, I was much better at many other sports, but he saw something and he said, I think you could be a runner, and if anything, that running will help your football and other sports. Yeah. So do you remember if the reason you were enjoying it was because you did get some kudos for, you know, you said maybe not so much the running, but the running supported the football, for example. Was it because of that it became a part of your identity even as a young person? You yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, <clears throat> I guess to put it bluntly, it was you're going to make something out of being a sports person, not academic, you know. Um, yeah. That That's, I guess, the way I was pushed. So I guess I was trying to... Um, gain, uh, what's the word, you know, um, appraisal from you mm -hmm. know, parents, other yeah. people who thought you were you're going to be nothing. You wanted to show them and prove to them that yeah. you weren't a waste of space, which yeah, some teachers told you that. You're just yeah. a waste of space. You're not paying attention. You're useless. So yeah. by you know, pushing the boundaries in sport and being good at sport to excelling sport, I guess you were trying to prove to yourself and others that you weren't silly mm -hmm. or a waste of space. So sort of giving you a path almost. Mm. as well yeah, um, absolutely. which I mean for me as a bleeding heart mum of five kids I go oh what are those poor kids who and I was a teacher once uh, those poor kids who didn't have who weren't good at sport or good at school <laughs> and then they hear all that where do they go it's like oh, oh yeah Look, I, so hard mm. I run into some kids I went to school with now who were good not so much at school and it's sad you know most of them mm. end up dead you know a lot of them have taken mm. their lives and yeah because they just didn't have a you know, an identity even that they wanted to, that they were proud of. But Yeah, and I think you've just touched on that, you know, mm. for, for me it is an identity. It's who, mm. I was, who, it's who I always was or was going to be. Mm. You know, and, and the thought of the day that running and it's coming to an end now, it's hard. It's, it's mm. hard mentally because who, who, who am I going to be? Yes, now we do talk a lot about that in this podcast, so it's interesting that, that you said that. So, but we before we get there, so you left school. What did you do when you left school? So you... Yeah, so oh. I started work early. I was, I mean, even in grade five, six, I was working at the local indoor cricket centre mm -hmm. um, yep. for money. Yep. Yep. And then through high school, I, I had other jobs as well. But uh, I left year 10. I, I knew school wasn't for me. I thought mm -hmm. about going to college, but I started yep. Woolworths. So I was a full-time trolley boy. Yep. <laughs> well, that's got an exercise. You've got to be... <laughs> Yeah, those trolleys it, was, it was, yeah. It was, who, could, who could cart the most amount of trolleys mm -hmm. around the car park? So, yeah, did that and I had to support myself. You know, I was in and out of home um, yeah. and from a very young age. So I was working and by that stage I had to make a decision from other sports um, to, to running, um, mm -hmm. which is what I did. Um, so then, yeah, year 10 finished up, started the work workforce, 
uh, moved away from a lot of the other sports I was playing to to concentrate on running. So what what made you choose running? Just to yeah, to do, yeah, I get asked that one a lot. Look, I was I wasn't a great runner. Um, yeah. I really wasn't. Um, yeah. I was fit, but I wanted to go to the Olympics. Um, and I mm-hmm. guess there was you know I was there was boxing I was involved in at the time. Yeah. There was other sports, football, several state sides, but I. Running wasn't the easiest. It was the hardest for me. And I think now looking back, it was it was the mental aspect of it that I could probably push myself and hurt myself mm-hmm. and prove to a few people out there that told mm-hmm. me I'd never be a runner. I'd never be any good at that either. So that's like you know, waving a red flag to a ball. I was going to say, it seems like if you really want Jason to do something, tell him he can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a double-edged sword, sword that yeah, one, which I'm sure we'll is. talk about. It can bite yeah. you on the bum, which it has done Absolutely. to me many times over. Yeah, yeah. I actually have heard that quite a few times, even on the podcast. You know, they told me I couldn't do it, so I my main thing was I was going to go out there and show them that I could. It's yeah, just how, how yeah. you balance. What are those things that you're going to say that you that you want it to be the the line in the sand that you can do? I think so, and yeah. I think it's more of a trust thing. You know, like at that stage, there wasn't really anyone in my life I trusted for okay. for many different reasons. So yeah. normally, <laughs> someone telling them, well, "Okay." I'll show you, and yeah, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It really is. It's, it must have taken a lot of strength, though. There's a there's a lot. You must have a lot of uh, the word is strength, but um, yeah. to to be able to say I'm going to do this. I mean, that might have been one of your motivators is that people said you couldn't. Mm. But that, well, to me, that's not necessarily the thing that's going to take you all the way. No, to, there has to be other things going on, other motivations that that pull you along. Oh, yeah, for sure. There, there is, you know, and I mean, obviously the psyche behind it's very, yeah, you got to dig fairly deep into it and it's all good. 20, we fast forward 20 years if I, yeah. if I went back and realised that there probably were people that were telling me, yeah, don't do it for the right thing, not because they'll be negative yeah. or telling me that I was no good and I couldn't do it. But for me, it was certainly, um, like I said, I was out of home young. I mm. started work young. I, I, I yeah, fed it for myself and I wanted mm-hmm. to prove to myself that I could mm-hmm. do it alone. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, you make a lot of mistakes along the way. The picture that, that you're like in, that you're describing in my head, also, like anyone, if you just take out the sport element and you say I left home early and I was in and out of home and I had to fend for myself and all of that, the picture there isn't someone who also has some kind of internal drive to do something that is a physical activity that you obviously did have. Like mm. at least my my past, I can think of, you know, people that I know, friends and things who, who had similar kind of um, experiences, but they certainly weren't thinking about what they were. Sport wasn't even, yeah. for them it was even survival, if that makes it like. Yeah. Oh, look. That, so that, that's unusual in itself in my. From my it opinion. is, yeah. Sport was my out, I guess. Mm. I said, the way I thought, if I was going to be successful, I'd get out mm-hmm. of uh, the people I was hanging around with, the, wow. the, the yeah. negativity, you know, mm-hmm. hence why there was this vicious circle I used mm-hmm. to go to. It would be, it'd be running and then if I got injured for running, I'd go back and do martial arts because it was okay. that, I don't know, it's that self-inflictment or the, you know, it's cra- it's a crazy time. But, yeah, you did right. It was, it was my, it was my out. I thought if I could do well and uh, there's not a huge amount of money. Like eventually my second coach said to me, you know, there's no mm. money in this sport. There's only a few yeah. athletes at that time, yeah. which was, you know, mm. Monteghetti, Flintoff King, Dee Costello. Mm. They didn't make big money, you know, um, mm. 
But to me, it was a better way of life. I think mm. it was a cleaner way. Like the other mm. sports I was involved with, there was drinking, there was there was violence, which is what, you know, everything I grew up with and I didn't want to be mm. around that. So I mm. guess in a roundabout way, it was my out. Yeah, yeah, I love a that. cleaner way of living. It was yeah. a better lot of people to be around. Yeah. Um, so I think there was that part of me and obviously the competitive side and the type of person I was, yeah. I was very competitive. That side of our personalities it's like we can we've talked about addiction um a lot on the mm. calls and it is like an, a healthy addiction if, or you're sort of addicted oh, to I'm having sure. a healthy body if that makes sense rather than oh, addicted sure. to alcohol or cigarettes yes. or That's other kinds of things yeah. but it's but it's turns out you know actually better for you in the long run when you're healthy to, addicted to something that that well should hopefully keep you healthier yeah. um which is yeah anyway just you're a bit of a contradiction, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of, it's really cool. Um, So ha what happened there? So in, in your sporting thing in that sort of late teens, early 20s, what did your life look like then? Yeah, so, um, you know, I started running on the local scene in Hobart. Um, I was a club runner, you know, nothing flash. Um, I had a very good coach in Albert Johnson who, you know, in my opinion, had the best stable um, mm -hmm. of athletes in a very long mm -hmm. time. Um. Yeah, and I guess I just worked hard. I, I was consistent, you know, and one of the questions earlier, you know, what would you tell someone starting out? It's consistent. Mm -hmm. You need to be backing up for those mm -hmm. sessions. And, yeah, there's heaps of science out there on how, how you should run these days. But mm -hmm. consistency and being around good-minded people, good, uh, mm -hmm. like-minded people, part of that, yeah. was very important. And it was a stable um, influence on in my life. Mm -hmm. like, you know, Albert Johnson was a role model. He was a gentleman. Mm -hmm. uh, he calmed me down. He taught me how to be a gentleman. He, you know, mm -hmm. the simple things always shake oh. someone's hand. So the, the life like a movie, doesn't are, it? <laughs> yeah, the life skills I was lacking, he was there. But I, I guess we had a huge range of athletes from private, mainly private school yeah. um, athletes, and that was very new to me. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. you had to learn how to, I, I guess, behave yeah. in the real world. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was a club runner. Um, got to the stage where. You know, I was winning most of the local races and uh, I saw a lot of people around me who seemed to be big fishes in little ponds and I didn't want to be that person. I yeah. wanted again to, to get out and push my Step body and, and mind as far as I could. So then at the age of 18, I, I moved to Melbourne. Um, my coach, Albert, started to get quite ill and mm. it was hard. I, I, I didn't know how to tell him. If actually I was quite gutless about it, I, I wasn't no. sure how to tell him I wanted to to go pursue my athletics elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that that then ended up, um, there, was a, there was a gentleman by the name of Pat Scammell, who was two-time Olympian, 1,500-meter mm -hmm. runner. He was doing some work down here up at the Athletic Centre Development Officer, I believe, and he said, well, mate, you, you're kind of winning these races by a long way. You're not really challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go talk to a, one of my mates, which was Steve Monaghetti, yeah. which I did, and then I moved to Melbourne. I was 18, 18 years of age, and I yeah. made made the move. So how did that go for you? Tell us about what happened in Melbourne. Yeah, look, it was oh, relatively short-lived. It was a big jump, I guess. Um, you know, from the local scene, I was running in kilometres volume, probably 50 to 80, 80 kilometres a week, so not a yeah. lot of mileage, but some mm -hmm. good quality. Um, you know, Mono was great to me. He... he let me stay in his house for the first four to six weeks while he was overseas yeah. racing. So he literally yeah. didn't know me from Bar of Soap, took me in, gave me a place to live. Um, 
Amazing. Yeah, and helped me find other places. Yeah. You know, I was 18 years old, so he, he got me hooked up there. And, um, you know, but the running side of it, yeah, not so great. Like I, I went from 50 to 80 kilometres a week um, up to 100-mile weeks. Oh, wow. Pretty quick. <laughs> um, so from that side of things, not good. I, I was running fairly well at that stage. I, you know, I dropped a lot of my PBs down, but that was because of my coach, Albert, you know, all that. Yeah. Those PBs were based off his training. Oh, foundation and stuff as well. Oh, ab- absolutely. You know, mm. when you're going from running, say, 14.45 for 5K and then within two weeks of being in, in the system in Melbourne, you don't just drop down to 14 minutes for 5K, you know. That's just, mm. you're in a good field. So fairly early on, I got a stress fracture straight up, which was riding on the wall, um, mm-hmm. which was devastating. You know, it was my out. Mm. I, I felt like I finally made it. I ran some good times. I ran some some fast times um, in Melbourne, not so fast, but for me, mm. fast. For Tassie standards, fast. Um, yeah. What what distances were you hoping to compete at at an international level? Yeah. So now the first meeting with with Mona was uh, we we sat down and we wrote on a mm-hmm. on a bit of paper, and he was like obviously marathon and. At mm-hmm. that stage, I really hadn't thought about running a, a marathon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think I, if I was to pick a distance, I think the half marathon was where I was mm-hmm. going to do my best running. Yeah. Um, never got any good times out over that, really. You know, um, just injuries. You know, when you mm-hmm. when you fall into the system, and you said today, which is great, there's a lot of mm-hmm. good running groups out there. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but when you've got thirty people or fifty people on the same program. Yeah. You're only going to get one or two athletes are going to benefit yeah. from that. So, yeah, that know, individual from, sort of yeah. program is what you really need, isn't it? Oh, really why I got into coaching because I didn't want the same thing to happen to me, and mm. um, it, it did happen, and it happened two or three times. I got back in, got some good form, but when you've mm. got Olympians all around you, you do what Olympians do. You said, um, you said, you know, your time was good in Tasmania, and but not for Melbourne times, or you didn't feel like it was all Victorian. I went from King Island District High School being track and field champion. Yes. At 15 to 16 in uh, Lourdes Catholic College in Taralgon. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, oh, I'm a great runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I came like middle of the field because I didn't lost a race in like, yeah. can you imagine? Okay. <laughs> lost That's a, a race in forever. I was like, oh. So I know how it feels on this tiny, 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 tiny scale. Oh, it's a night, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh. I mean, one story I talk to a lot of my athletes now about, ah, what was it like? And I said, well, yeah, my first session, I ran a 5K PB in a session, a track session. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, They ran very, very hard there. The long runs were slow, but they did a lot of volume and I wasn't ready for that. I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, but um, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, and really, I mean, to me, it's like, as you said, a great experience. Not only that, but it has helped you where you are now. Like we've already touched a little bit on that you, like if it wasn't for those experiences, you wouldn't be able to help people that you help now. It would be a much different sort of, If even if you were coaching, it would be a different kind of coaching. And maybe the help wouldn't be as good because you you hadn't experienced these adversities. Oh, couldn't couldn't agree more. You know, Mm. it's it's an interesting one. I guess, um, you know, a lot of the Tasmanian mindset, they remembered how I used to be 20 years ago and the way I raced and, I was very aggressive. I was, I used to get out there, get after it, got disqualified and more than I finished races for doing, you know, being aggressive. But 
what I learned from that wow. was, yeah, well, lots of things, but, um, you know, you can only go so hard for so long. And I guess mm. they think that's how I train a lot of my athletes. In actual mm. fact, I've coached athletes from a junior point of view. And I've said to them, we're not pushing you until you finish school. You need to finish mm. school, get an education, get strong. So mm -hmm. that helped me educate them. I don't mm. want you to do the same mistakes I did. You know, yeah. where it's funny. The mindset is of some people from 20 years ago, they just think you're that same person you were 20 years yeah. ago. And that's how you're going to train your athletes. But no, which is good. Like it's learn from what you did rather than rather than um, do exactly what you did. Which oh, I yeah. Think is, yeah, yeah, crazy. That's, yeah, some of the perfect. stuff we did is crazy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even think about doing that these days. <laughs> So how long were you in Victoria for? Yeah, a couple of years. Um, I I got over there early, had a, had a couple of good races. Um, here I was on the right track and then before mm. I knew it, I was in the physio and getting scans and mm. had a, an avicular stress fracture, which was a back then quite a serious stress fracture. So that was in yeah. about 1999, pre-2000. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Peter Larkins, who was the... Australia's best sports doctor stage said, look, this is probably going to end your career. It's quite serious. Um, mm. You won't be running at a, a high level again. Mm -hmm. So obviously I didn't listen to that. I was like, oh, well, we'll see. But what it did do, I didn't listen and I pushed back and I tried yeah. to run sooner and a, I guess a eight to 12 week fracture turned into a nine month fracture. Mm -hmm. um, got a lot of complications from that fracture as well. Yeah. Um, got back into some running back over there again, nothing great. And then it just got very, very frustrating. Yeah. And I, I guess, went back to my old ways. I, yeah. you know, thought, yep, yeah, I'm useless. People are right. I'll be no yeah. good. Um, you know, all those neg that negative thought process that all those people over the years, you think, I think they're right. I I've done my dash. Mm. So, um, yeah, so good two, probably two and a half years. And I came back to Tassie. Yeah, so that identity has really played a big part in your life, hasn't it? Like yeah, from the, from the beginning, from the you know your childhood right through. Yeah, I would assume from what Absolutely. you can. Yeah, what you said. like I said, there's always two thoughts of thinking there's a, that Jason Alley of old, but mm. no one no one's seen how I've involved over the years and spent mm. endless hours at institutes as far as like sporting institutes yeah. and sideline watching coaches, mm. listening to coaches, being involved in other groups around the world i've done that for the last 20 years and yeah. a lot of people wouldn't be aware of that um, so you probably be an, an overnight coaching success <laughs> yeah, that took 20 people, years <laughs> yeah a lot of people think that but um you know in actual fact i was swim coaching you know at the age uh what was i when i first yeah, got out of year 10 when i said i went to woolies i started a fitness center on the side and i was doing wow. swim coaching I, you know, there's, i've been coaching for over 20 years now just so not even running there's obviously a lot of drive in you, Jason. Mm. And it, is the drive you, do you think, something to do with your childhood? Like, do you do you feel like it, the drive is, you know, that it's not that you're trying to drive away from your childhood. That's not really what I mean. But it's just yeah, that, that drive to prove that you you can yeah. do whatever you want and do it well, whatever Absolutely. it is you choose to do. So yeah. just a real drive that you seem to have. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree. It was both. Yeah, it was both from, from your childhood and then a mm. lot of people. It was strange, you know. I always had to fight, um, well, for everything, you know what I mean? Mm. Even at certain times that I've get it and, you know, very cloud of waters there some of the times, even to try and gain 
um, you know, club records, I had to try and mm. fight for that where I ran yeah. the times and they wouldn't recognise it because I was dual registered and it was always just uh, this drama. Politics. Yeah. And the politics, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So that's half the reason why I left the I left the yeah. state. You know, I was told by one of the, the state coaches that I'll, I'll never be any good. And, you know, so when I ran some some club records back then, uh, Maureen McDonald from the Eastern Suburbs Athletic Club, she was great. She she mm. helped me out. But then it was almost like you yeah, the drive to get back to your, your question, yeah. Yeah, the drive came within because yeah. no one was ever going out of their way to help me. I felt like yeah. I was the one doing the fighting. Mm. And I had to do it myself and no one was coming along to help me. So, you know, it was, it was frustrating, very, very frustrating. And on reflection now, as, you know, 20 years have gone past or whatever, do you look back at that period and actually can feel pride in what you have achieved? Like, um, Ronnie, we've only got to, you know, your early 20s. But yeah, can, you, look, can you see that as achievement in itself, in that yeah. it was it's really I mean, the, amazing? The, the fact that I won a lot of my... Yeah, a lot of my friends yeah, are still not here with us today and mm. a lot of them are in jail, I guess. The pride of it, yeah, I did. I, I did get through. There was a lot of bad things I did along the way, you mm. know. Yeah. Like I said, getting disqualified from races because I spoke out or yeah. things weren't done. But that wasn't just for me. A lot of people saw me acting out because they thought the race didn't go the way I wanted. had yeah. nothing to do with that. It was the fact that there was certain, if you weren't in that cool group or back yeah. then, like I said, mm -hmm. the, the clicky mm -hmm. group, let's call yeah. it that. You yeah. look, you look, and I, I stuck up. I guess I was the outspoken mm. one and said, Well, that, yeah. that's just wrong, that's bullshit, you know. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, there's pride in that. That oh, there was mm. a few of us that went through the system and did well, yeah. Um, despite, despite what was thrown at you, basically, yeah, yeah it was hard because mm. you were it did come across being disrespectful. I never ever wanted to come across disrespectful, mm. I just wasn't going to put up with shit, like, I wasn't yeah. going to put up with officials disqualifying me for something when five other people did it yeah um you want to have a go at me that's okay i can i can live with that but you don't want to try that on my club mates or, or mm. other people as well so yeah, yeah it's a, it's a good question i've never really mm. been asked that it's hard to i guess re recently i got engaged yeah. and my partner said to me you know congratulations um, thank you yeah she said it's okay to be happy it's actually yeah. okay to be successful yeah. it's okay yeah. to um you know, be proud of what you've done. And, yeah. and we're only talking the last couple of years. So we're talking 20 yeah. plus years. And it's only now where I sit back and go, yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I am be proud, proud of, of it. Yeah. What, what we did because yeah. the, the road I was going down wasn't a very good one. Yeah. So, and you've forged other roads. I mean, that's, you know, you're here talking to me now about, you know, the fact that you've been able to, forge other roads and not take paths I mean, we, we all have choices and and we don't necessarily know at the time when we're making a decision that this is a life you know a positive or a negative life choice mm. but on reflection we can often see them where they were you know we made the right choice at that point or whatever oh. however it does bring you to where you are now so when you came back from Melbourne yep. um, back to Hobart what what did you get up to yeah was it was that? an interesting one I was I was pretty I was pretty down. I, I, mm -hmm. I wasn't a big drinker, so I, I started drinking a bit. I got mm -hmm. back in that circle of, you know, yep. fighting again. Um, yep. I started working doors. I started bouncing yep. uh, again. I did a bit in the mainland as mm -hmm. well. But, uh, yeah, I was down and out. You know, yep. I went back, played a bit of footy, had no interest. You know, yep. I, you know I was skinny. Um, yeah, it, it was tough. I didn't know where to go because 
we spoke about that identity. Mm. I was a runner. Um, mm. But I was coaching, so I had to keep that side of it. It was almost two-faced, right? Like I was yeah. preaching what you should and shouldn't do, but here I was. Yeah. Living this smashed, yeah. smash of a weekend. And, you mm. know, um, so it was tough, but I, I ended up saying, well, no, that's not who I want to be. I, I want a better life. So yeah. gradually got back into my running again. The, the coaching picked up as well. I had a, a very good business then as well. Um, so yeah. you started coach when you came back to Hobart? Yep. You started coaching as well, like you started um, running coaching. You said yeah, you were swimming so was, coaching at one point before yeah, you went away. Mm. Yeah, so, so I was in the fitness industry in, in Ballarat. I had a job up there in the aquatic mm-hmm. centre. So when I came back, I worked in the aquatic as well down here, okay. managed Kingston mm-hmm. Pool. Um, so I was swim coaching again, mm-hmm. still triathlon coaching, run coaching, doing personal training. So the fitness yeah. industry is where I, I came back yeah. to. Yeah, uh, I had a business by the name of Get Fit um, Tasmania, so that was mm-hmm. just people fit had a few elite guys on the side guys and girls on the side and then obviously it comes with the territory you've got to practice what you preach right and I've always said I don't expect you to be doing something I've never done so um I had to clean my act up no one Mm -hmm. saw that side of me there was a few people that did out there um but I kept my private side private yeah Uh, business was business um didn't Mm -hmm. like to fix the two yeah um and then yeah always classed myself as a runner. Uh, I think I knew that my my days of doing anything amazing were out the window, but it, it was who I was. Yeah. Going for a run was my, it was my medicine and it was my addiction and mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad addiction, you know. I, no. I, I, I learned how to run comfortably. I didn't have to smash myself every yeah. session. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, coaching really kicked off and I think the, the previous years of disappointment and having a lot of um, people around you um mm-hmm. not necessarily wanting to succeed because many people want you to succeed wanted me to fall down mm-hmm. I, I didn't want that to happen you know there's still opportunity for me there to prove to people that um i had a lot to give to the sport you know there's probably yeah. over 200 hours a year i i not necessarily volunteer but i give back yeah uh, like free coaching mm-hmm. with people um who who struggle either financially mm-hmm. or mentally yeah, yeah. um I couldn't do that if I was drinking every Saturday, Sunday night. No, no you wouldn't have the time. <laughs> yeah, didn't have the time, didn't have the head space. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to go for a run, <laughs> you know, to clear the head. So so that's how I got back into my running again and the, and the coaching um, again went from there. So is there anything you're most proud of in your running coaching? Like so other people's achievements, I suppose. It doesn't have to be like their achievement as in a big, fast sort of thing or whatever it could be you know I think the ability to be able to coach such a a wide variety of athletes okay a a question I get asked a lot you know oh yeah and the way I I set the business up a while ago was to move away from more of the the, just the get fit Mm -hmm. person or athlete if you want Mm -hmm. to call them that uh to me everyone's an athlete you know but I want more committed people now. So I guess if I was to say one thing would be the the ability for myself to be able to coach a, a huge variety of athletes from, let's say, uh, someone who wants to run a 80-minute 10K to mm-hmm. someone who wants to run sub 30 for 10K. Mm-hmm. We, we do that. And the, the progression, and I take the small wins with them because I know mm-hmm. how hard it is to get those mm-hmm. PBs and to get that progression with, you know, life, illness, yeah. crazy times in the world, I, mm. I think that would be it. I think the wide wide variety of people I coach and to celebrate their small small wins along the way. So how do you 
how many people do you have and how do you give them all individual coaching? Like it's a finite thing, isn't it? As you said before, one of the reasons perhaps that you got injured in some ways is that you were following the same training that maybe 30 other people were following. Yeah, look, I mean. Early, you know, just cookie cutter stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that out there. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, yeah, I don't. I mean, so so a few things with that. I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky. I coach full time. That's all I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, full time coach. So I coach no more than 30 at one time, but that's split. It's not all just triathlon. Some of that's single yeah. sport. Um, yeah. I'm very lucky there's there's a waiting list now as well so the business is, is good um, you do yeah, triathlon yeah yeah, yeah we haven't mentioned that yet no that's all right so yeah it's, um, the running side of it, it it is time consuming there's no doubt about that but I, I, I that's okay I, I enjoy mm. that you know triathlon mm. is different you've got swim bike mm. run um, then you've got your nutrition part of it. They're doing yeah. all the other stuff, strength and conditioning mm. and, and so on. But so that's why I do cap the numbers at that. There's mm. a bit of a sweet spot out there. I mean, look, I have guys, uh, sorry, I have other coaches I know that are making 200 plus grand a year by mm. just bulk, bulk dropping. When you, anyone can go online and find a, a program, yeah. right? But I stand by it. I see it locally still. There's mm. 30 people up there doing the same thing and out of that 31 or two and that's where people say oh do you charge for your coaching well yeah i do charge i'm a full-time coach i'm a professional My job <laughs> i've traveled the world for the last 20 years doing what i do um but like i said i, I would do no less than 200 hours a year free which i love yeah. doing and it's yeah. fine but if you want to get the most out of it then yeah, yeah. you do need to spend time with that person get to know the the mind the body uh the work that, that costs time that costs money so that's that's why i've set up the business now and i'm very very grateful i'm very lucky i'm very happy um with the people i work with um mm-hmm. and we get great results so do you um coach people that are only like in hobart or do you coach people who are not in tasmania like so do you do it online as well i suppose yeah i do yeah so I, I use it i use a platform uh mainly okay. through training peaks there's a yeah. few other platforms i use however mm-hmm. Obviously, with um, COVID and, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, a lot of my international athletes, we put them onto more local coaches. Yeah. So at the moment, all my athletes are Australia-based. Yeah. Um, I had a few athletes who were overseas have now since moved back to Australia. Yeah. Um, so that side of things, it, it doesn't really make a difference. The online stuff is, is these days with all the different sporting um apps out there you can really track yeah, there's heaps isn't quite well mm. yeah, yeah there's heaps <laughs> looked at them you still can't beat a, a phone call hey yeah. you know, hear it in their yeah. voice you know what i mean like it's i think we get caught up on the data too much these days yeah. rather yeah. than someone picking up the phone and asking the question how are you feeling yeah <laughs> pretty, I, sta- pretty standard question i did um a 60k uh last year and had some coaches in the netherlands who uh, ex have an expertise in trying to get age group runners <laughs> like me to the marathon start line which I had done before but their thing is more about um you doing it to a heart rate like so they they set it around and that you don't ever run well they're called a uh, nine nine milers whatever whatever that is in kilometers like 15 16 maybe 18 kilometers yep. so you never run more than that in training for a marathon because they think a lot of older people which is probably true end up getting injured in the training even before they start yeah. um, but their program just like you were saying before it's way more than just talking about your heart rate and, and setting that it's all the nutrition there's actually a lot of mind mindset yeah. stuff as well mm. um 
you know, it's the whole picture and, you know, your life, that <laughs> you fit all of this kind of stuff into your life uh, and your quality kind of training with a bit of, you know, speed work and, and some strength work as well. So, yeah, I love that. That that's obviously what you do as well. You know, there's those kind of things. It's a holistic thing. It's not um, it like we said before that cookie cutter kind of thing. Oh, look, it's look. Mm. Like I said, you know, out of fifty people, you'll find one or two it does work for. But mm. you really need to work with the individual. And yeah, there's, there's there's many different ways and methods and principles on how to yeah. coach. But it depends on the individual. It really does. Yeah. You know, they've got a stressful life. They may need to do a lot more low heart rate runs. Yeah. You know, because the heart mm. rate's just burning away so that's the data you need to look at and mm. I guess when you first start working with an athlete I make it very clear that the first you know four to six weeks is is me just gathering some data get to know them yeah. there's no pressure we're not going to have to break world records we're just going to get consistent we're just going to keep it very simple the, the kiss process if you want yeah. to call it that yeah. um keep it simple stupid <laughs> absolutely because we all do we want to impress I people try to impress me all the time you know yeah. I don't mean that in that way but I, they, yeah. they think they've got a coach now so they're going to go out and run fast and show the coach yeah. how good they are and all I see is oh that's too I fast stop it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you're doing what I did 20 years ago I can save you a lot of time and effort by not doing that right now yeah <laughs> slow down yeah yes. slow down yeah, I can remember thinking that this heart rate stuff was too easy as <laughs> I was having to drive slower yeah. than I normally would. But then you'd have to do the speed sessions or whatever, and that's sort of when it wasn't so easy. <laughs> well, I guess that's a, it's a type, isn't it? You know, that the, uh, a lot of athletes, we, we, we like to go hard. A lot of them do, but they've got to realise, you know, whether you want to call it the 80-20, there's, there's, like I said, there's a lot of different theories out there. Yeah. These days. However, yeah. um, sometimes easy needs to be easy. You yeah. know, and a lot of athletes won't do easy because they find well, it boring or they don't think they're getting fitter or stronger. We talked, you know, a little bit before and you were talking about consistency and 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 we've talked about the, you know, whether people enjoy it mm. or not. And mm. to me, and I think to you as well, this taking on a healthy lifestyle physically, you know, for us we're talking about running, is that you're not taking it on for just now to hit that goal necessarily but if you really want to do it it has to be something that number one is consistent and number two that you enjoy you at least you don't have to enjoy every part of it but you have there has to be elements otherwise you won't keep doing it like for me it's for the rest of my life it's not for the next race it's until you know so it's it's finding if you can find that sweet spot for yourself and I guess as you as a coach that's one of the things longevity wise you want for your clients Oh, mm-hmm. look, absolutely. You know, even some of those horrible runs, you know, you've got mm. to learn. You, you have to learn. You have to learn from it. Um, but you're dead right. I often will say to my athletes, did you have fun out there? And they're like, oh, geez, there must have been some part, <laughs> you know, that not all the time, you know. I mean, not every run is enjoyable, let's be yeah. honest. It could be, it's, a, it's the elements, not even physically or mentally. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the elements that's crappy. Yeah, you know, but we say, well, you know what, you know, skin's waterproof. You're out there doing yeah. it, and it's you do need to enjoy it. And I guess more so for the not just the juniors. Once upon a time, as well, the juniors have to have fun, and also allowed to have fun too. You know, <laughs> it's actually important. Yeah, like we we need more fun. You know, like kids are okay; they're not really that stressed yeah. a lot of the time. They're going to enjoy it. They're around young kids, and they're just going to let loose, right? Like let them let loose. They're young; they can do that, but. It's an interesting one, and I, I say to a lot of my my adult athletes that, you know, if you're doing a lot of running by yourself, find like-minded people. Mm. Sometimes mm. you're not even chatting, you know. It's just mm. nice to have company. 
Yeah, that's true. Like a, a lot of people on the podcast have said, I started running to get fit or to lose weight or whatever or to achieve some goal, but I stayed running because of the people I met and because whether they go to park run or they go to a running group or whatever, but it's the people that they they stay for. So that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, mm. a lot of my coaching is one-on-one. We do have squad, we do have squad sessions and, mm. you know, they don't, depends on what phase they're at in their training. A lot of time mm. it doesn't line up, you know. So I put the emphasis a lot mm. on my guys to find people to train with. But when we do our squad work, we miss it. We just yeah. wish we could do it more often, but life these days with people working at home doesn't allow the eight to five yeah. jobs where we always train at 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Yeah. However, you know, when we do have a training weekend, we're like, oh, God, we missed that personal mm. interaction, you know, like-minded people and we're from all different walks of life. But just for mm. that time, it, it's great, you know. So it's, mm. yeah, I mean, things have changed, but it's very important that uh, from a coach's point yeah. of view, I still get to see my athletes as well. Um, it's interesting talking to you as it is whenever I talk to other, I like to running coaches actually, because I want to talk about your own experience as well as, you know, your experience, which is, you know, very broad, which is other people's experiences, (laughs) you know, not just what you're, what you're doing. So, um, however, from your own perspective, well, number one, I I keep my circle triathlon, (laughs) I wanted to go back and ask you about, um, so you're training people with triathlons, you've done some triathlons, obviously, as well. Is that one of the things that you've done in the last 20 years? You, obviously, yeah. swimming is a thing for you because you're a swim coach too. Yeah, I'm a shocking swimmer. I'm not a great swimmer. No, 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 no. <laughs> one of the time I was at the Institute, I, you know, one of the Russian coaches actually said, you, you're a good coach, can't swim, stick to coaching. <laughs> so, um, yeah, obviously, no. I, I swam a lot for rehab and I swam a lot for, for, for cross-training. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I was always interested in the triathlon because same again i'd ride a bike to keep fit blah 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 Mm. but that was going to the dark side from a runner's point of view you didn't (laughs) want to be a triathlete because they all run like rubbish and their techniques are horrible uh it's a purist right there (laughs) yeah absolutely no all jokes aside it was it it was always i always had triathletes i was coaching not as a holistic point of view but they'll come to me for say a swim coaching or run coaching so Mm. And then it was about 2013, I was, I was quite sick with some some issues with the lungs. And one of my mates, Reese Watts, said, you know what? You're coaching these triathletes. What happened to this preach what you're you know, doing? <laughs> like you preach. Oh, shit. I said, well, I better do one. So I really hadn't done a triathlon as such. So I went and did an Ironman um, in Bustleton. Oh, um, you didn't just do like a... <laughs> uh, like, you think, remember I said, there's, I didn't learn. I was a very slow learner. You didn't do an Olympic distance. <laughs> So I went and did a full, um, wow. didn't do a whole lot of training, um, but managed to get through it, did that. Um, awesome. Then from that, yeah, I guess a lot of the runners that I was coaching, they were doing a lot of cross mm-hmm. training as well. Yeah. Just as you know, you know, you run so much before you yeah. get injured. So the triathlon side of the business grew. Yeah. Then, you know, I've coached, you know, several people now to, to the world championships. Um, oh, I went on. Did a couple of 70.3, so half Ironman. Then I mm-hmm. decided to do another, was going to be my last Ironman, and that mm-hmm. was going to be me, me done. Then I was lucky enough to qualify for the World Championships at Kona in 2016. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then um, got busted up in Mykonos and Switzerland on a training camp, got ran over by a truck. So no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so... um. <laughs> I got back running. It was it was interesting. I was in very good run form. I was probably in about, I'd say two twenty five, 
shape for a marathon. So not, you know, nothing amazing, but at that stage for me, yeah, I was happy with that. Good. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I set myself up in Switzerland on a training camp, was in Mykonos mm-hmm. on a run and a yeah, delivery truck ran over my no. leg six weeks out before Kona. Oh, my. Yeah, which was a bit gnarly and then um, still managed to get through. I was, like, I was okay-ish, like I, I did some water running and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, that was 2016? 2016, yeah. So I went to Kona in 2000, mm-hmm. October, October 2016. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, 4K into the marathon, I stepped off the gutter and I just heard this snap in my leg and it was... Yeah, it was um, – so, look, it was a different – I had to readjust, right? It wasn't about mm. – it was just I ran the whole way and I, I don't even know what I ran. I think I ran a high three-hour marathon or something. I can't remember, to be honest, but it wasn't great. But I was just uh, – Depending on who you are. Well, <laughs> it sounds pretty know, amazing. I instilled in a lot of my athletes that you finish the race. You know, I always thought mm. if, it was, if it was a health, health issue or an injury, absolutely, then you need a – your safety is the most important thing. Mm. But – you know, that trying to prove to myself and other people that you can do it. And mm. so I, I finished the race and um, I guess that was that was one thing. So I didn't want to pull out. It was a long way to go to, to pull out of the race. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the triathlon business just grew from that. I just seems mm. to be a big part of the business now. It's a growing sport. It is. Um, and we've got a lot of good. We've got a couple of people about to race in Utah, St. Georgia. Oh, um, wow. This weekend coming for the World Championships. That's amazing. Do you you find a lot of people coming to you um, have a goal, you know, you know, like a race? I want to run, I want to say marathon, but that sounds silly now. Um, (laughs) I want to run a marathon. Like a marathon, like an Ironman in the triathlon world is equivalent to say the marathon, you know what I mean? But I mean, you just got to do a big swim and ride before. But yeah, normally, um, Really, look, the first time for something like an Ironman, which is a 3.8K swim, 180K bike mm-hmm. and a marathon, mm-hmm. you've got to finish it. You know, like that's, <laughs> let's not get mm. too carried away. Um, yeah. And, you know, recently uh, we had a couple of vacancies pop up and we took on a couple of athletes who, who who have done an Ironman before, but they come to me because it's now it's time they, they want to do well. So they have a time yeah. goal in mind. Mm-hmm. So we basically have planned out the next, um, you know, relatively the next 18 to two years worth okay. of load mm-hmm. for them yeah. Yeah. which is exciting for them but obviously there's there's test points along the way and it's flexible yeah. with the program but yeah they go hey i want to go this time let's mm-hmm. can, can we make it happen and from a coach's point of view it's a hard conversation so sometimes yeah. people are probably getting a little bit excited at this yeah. stage um <laughs> but i like that I, lo- yeah. I like that they aim high but we do do some testing along the way because I don't like to set my guys up for failure. Yeah, yeah. I think the Hawaiian Ironman was probably the reason that I got back into running. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> like watching it on the telly, it was just like so inspirational. I just had my second child and I was, wow. had been 100 kilos. I was like, I know I run because, I, you know, that was my yeah. identity as a kid. And yeah. so um, I just started running and I didn't stop. Like I just ran every day. That's unreal, yeah. Until That's I amazing, got fit it? enough to go join the running club and Blah, yeah. blah 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 the rest is history <laughs> 28 29 years ago hmm. yeah wow so oh, right but it, but it was because of the ironman so even in the back of my mind it's been like oh one day i might do triathlon but i just haven't <laughs> yes it's time look it's uh it takes a lot of time i mean we're very lucky with running that's why i'm always a runner because you can put on your shoes and out the door you go where i mean you got indoor trainers now which we do a lot of work on however yeah. 
you know, you still got to put your shoes on, do this, do that, pump your tires up. Do our laces up. We get to go. And off we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, what does your running look like right now? How do you? Well, yeah. Look, it's been <laughs> it's been a very very tough few years. Um, yeah. It started off well. Three years ago, I broke my, uh, sorry, fractured my lower back and, and neck in the surf in Noosa. So in the was, surf? You were surfing, yeah, right? Yeah, no, we, we had a race of the Noosa Triathlon, so almost oh, okay. three, three yep. years ago to the day, actually. Um, yeah. there, was a, there was a lady out there basically bobbing up and down, so she was drowning. So we've, I've gone out and basically helped her and some of my mm-hmm. guys swimming. Cut a long story short, wave picked me up head first into a sandbank. Um Lost, lost feeling of the legs straight away. Oh, um, my gosh. And 100% in my mind thought I'd, That's it. I was mm. gone, yeah. But mm. anyway, it was a thing called spinal shock. So um, anyway, got back to Tassie. They, the, the hospitals just said I had whiplash. And I saw my uh, sports doctor down here, Dr. Dave Humphreys, who, mm-hmm. he, like, he's been amazing to me over my career. And yeah. this day still helps me out. So I'm very grateful to him. Yeah. But um Anyway, he was looking at my back and I started running and I was just sore. I just had a sore neck still and he touched my neck and I jumped and he said, what's that about? And he goes, I've never, I've had lots of injections over the years. And he goes, I've never seen you jump in 20 years. Wow. I said, that's really sore. So sent me off for a scan, found out I actually had a fractured neck. I've been walking around on a fractured neck. Oh, that doesn't been, seem like a healthy thing to do from what I know of the spine. No, no. I'd been in the gym doing a lot of rehab, things I shouldn't mm. have been doing. But anyway, so we kind of got over that. Then got back to a little bit of running. COVID came in. Then I got a thing called pericarditis, which was attached to COVID. <gasps> then um, a couple of minor heart attacks. What? Um, How old are you? Forty-two. <laughs> You're a baby. Oh no! Heart uh, attacks. Yeah. Oh, I ended up getting a loop recorder put in. Um, what are we? Probably about eighteen months ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was all pretty good mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I'm, I'm still having issues so i'm about to um see doc again on wednesday to yeah. when i broke the neck and back i actually dislocated this shoulder and mm-hmm. cracked the collarbone so that's about to be operated on my back's about to be operated on but look i still want to run like i i, I can never not run i think <laughs> um, wow it's it's a hard one i just can't let go and i think it's a it's it's something that i now know that I'll never get back to anything I was. Yeah. I've not been near that yeah. for 20 years, but that's okay. Mm. I just want to be mm. able to run. Yeah. For for the mental side of it and the physical side and the social side of it. Um, it's amazing how your goal changes, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. As, we, oh. as we get older and different things happen, our goals change from, you know, I, oh, I I could run a 45-minute 10. Oh, now I'm, my next aim is for 40 minute, and then your next one is a 35, yeah, and then out. your next, you know. <laughs> goes out with age but you know what you're still doing it you still do it you're still lucky and I guess one of the things that you know the heart attacks in a way were I wouldn't say a blessing in disguise but once they got the heart right and they did they Mm. said you need to get active again you know you you know I spent this time going my body really has copped a fair whack over the last 20 years um trained it fairly hard and a lot of fractures a lot of injuries um a lot of illnesses Mm -hmm. but they said you've got to just get healthy and be healthy and I'm like time to do what I preach right I say this to people all the time so just going to the gym now going for run but yeah got back into some relatively good running form recently um so I'll go get these operations done and then after that look 
who knows? We'll just. Um, I don't have any goals in mind. There's, mm-hmm. which is hard for me. I'm very goal orientated. Yeah. I like to have races yeah. in mind. Motivates I just want to just get fit. I just want to enjoy running, get fit, be able to run with some of the guys. Um, I get more. I get a lot of satisfaction out of my athletes performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which that's good. Early mm-hmm. days I didn't, um, mm-hmm. but I do now. And I know that's because a lot of them are beating me. So that's okay. <laughs> Means I'm doing the right thing as a coach. I'm not sure. That's right. You can take a bit of pride in that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, look, they're, they're, we've, got, we've got a couple of uh, athletes that are, like I said, we've got some real, some guys that's done them quite fast. And we've still got a couple of people that broke 60 minutes on the weekend for 10K. And I'm as happy for them as, as the others doing PBs down near 30 minutes. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I love that. Um. I was going to ask you a question about um, the heart. Whether that came, did that? Did they say why you got a heart attack? Like prevention yeah, like, type of stuff. Yeah, I can't get too deep into it because there's a still mm. a bit going on with the medical. They they missed a few okay. things. Let's just yeah. say that. So yeah. um, one was they just thought it was a stress related thing, backing up yeah. from the heart, the the break broken neck. Yeah, um, just the stress on the body. Um, mm. You know, uh, the science behind it, you know, pushed my body at a very high effort for yeah. a long time. And then all mm. of a sudden I've gone from nothing. The heart was like, well, what's going on here? What do I need mm. to do? So there was a stress of that. Uh, a few other things in life were quite stressful. Mm. Uh, I'm not a stressed out person. So mm. to me, I don't know, when they said stress, I was like, I'm not stressed. I'm all right. But <laughs> when I stopped in hospital, I thought maybe I was a little bit stressed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they put it down. Obviously with COVID, there was bouts of COVID that they mm. didn't realise that I had, that I did have. Yeah. And then I was having these chest pains and they just pretty much said, mm. you're fine. And yeah. um, and I remember saying to the doctor, look, I don't That's want to sound like a hero here, but um, if I'm telling you there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with me. And they they asked how often you exercise and I told them and they laughed at me and they said, you wouldn't exercise that much. And <laughs> I said, I do. And uh, they said, you don't. And I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with about it, but then I was, yeah, a couple of weeks later, I was I was back in there again with a heart attack, and um, God. it it was it was scary. It was it was oh, scary. So scary. That mortality, that that uh, you know, when your mortality is put in front of you like that, especially at a young age. I had a stroke at forty three. Wow. Yeah. So I'm now ten years after that. <laughs> yeah, it's a reality check, isn't but, it? I yeah. think it was a, it was certainly a reality check, and it was a, it was a time in my life again where. Um, my fiance just said, you know, look, yeah, life is good. I guess I was always waiting for something to go wrong, whether it was a... The other shoe to drop, is it, as they say. An injury, someone to come in and want to have a crack at me about something. Yeah. And like I said, I always want to have to fight for things where yeah. life finally got to a pretty... A Crazy. It was good. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what's, what's going on? Why am I in hospital? I'm, I'm still young. I'm back running well. I was, I was running good. I was happy. Yeah. Um and then, yeah, so there was all these things. And like I said, it was a thing called pericarditis, long COVID, yeah. which is all. Yeah. So I was fairly quite new to that. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. really out there at this stage. They weren't sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they caught it. There was no stroke or anything like that. As you, yeah. you know, that the bloods mm-hmm. came back fine for that. Yeah, that's awesome. But it was certainly something that I had to sit down and reevaluate mm-hmm. how I wanted mm-hmm. to go as a business. And my goals as an athlete um, certainly are now lowered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ran, ran some decent times. Um, yeah. there, there's some good times on the board there. You know, typical mm-hmm. athlete, always thought I could have, should have done better, but didn't. Um, 
That doesn't matter anymore. We spend time sometimes on the podcast talking about like, you know, when I ran my fastest marathon, I was excited. And in, in my head, it was like, well, the next one will be blah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't know actually that was the fastest. <laughs> Like there was no big like kind of oh, fireworks. So true. Yeah, I remember one of one of the first races I did in Ballarat. I said to to Mono, I was I got that half marathon, like sixty six minutes or something, and I said, oh yeah, but I I should have I should have ran, you know, I, I can't remember. I, I was trying to break sixty five minutes anyway. And I could have done this, done that, and he goes, should have. That's like me saying I should have ran sub two hours six. I didn't. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, there's things I wish I did, you know, some of the times I wish I, I fought a bit harder to get recognition for some of them. Yeah. But you didn't at that stage at 19 when you're running, you know, I don't know, 8.15 or whatever it was for 3K, mm. you kind of go, that's no big deal. I'll, I could do that just I'll before be breakfast. That. I'll be that next year being, you know, a bulletproof 19. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're in a cast for nine months. Yeah, yeah. It is an interesting one, but like you said, you eventually get to a stage where you certainly lower the, the expectations yeah. on the times, which is completely fine. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think I that enjoyment. Mm. You know, mm. I do struggle because it is that identity thing that I've mm. always been the runner or the the, the athlete where I, I take on the role now. Is that a lot of my athletes now wouldn't even necessarily know that I used to run. At, a, at any kind of level they knew that i was oh, a runner really? or a triathlete oh, i don't talk yeah i don't yeah. talk about it i think they're more interested in how i am as a coach um yeah the results there thereafter mm. yeah yeah i did a survey last week about it and and i asked them you know what what qualifications would mean to you as me being a better coach mm. and they they 100 don't care it's a piece of paper not to mention or like if i your qualification that kind or you know what you've achieved in your own physical whatever yeah it's what you can how you can help them which is what's important that's what they said exactly yeah um so when you when you get back to running more or you're Mm. actually running at the moment do you like to run on the road or you're a bit of a trail runner or a bit of I actually prefer the trails believe Mm. it or not yeah I, i i say on all my athletes go bush Go bush and run for an hour, hour and a half. Forget time. Forget, just go run. We talk about enjoying it. I think mm-hmm. they need to enjoy themselves, enjoy what they're doing, concentrate on their foot placement. It is harder mm-hmm. on the body at times, there's no mm-hmm. doubt, but so is road running. Mm-hmm. And I think to be a complete athlete, you need to do a bit of both to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about going crazy-ass trails, but... Um, you know, <laughs> like this one. That's a nice top. Absolutely. Well, we have athletes do that, you know, but it's horses for courses, right? Like there's there's different times you do it and uh, there's different courses I'll send yeah. in mind. So me, for me personally, I, I love trail running. Um, I used to love running racing trails. Yeah. It was always, yeah. and you'll hear a lot of road runners will say this, that eventually they're going to go out to. The, yeah, it's like there's the a trail. pasture, isn't it? So you yeah, go out to yeah, pasture, yeah, yeah. you go yeah. to the trails. <laughs> and that's not being disrespectful at all of the trail runners, but it is a different type of running. It, is. And it can slow you yeah. up for the road stuff as well. Well, so. well, it's you can't even compare. It's not that you can't compare road to trail. You can't even compare the same trail the next day. Like you can't. So you, it's a diff, like as you said, it's completely different mentality, completely you, different no. kind of racing, yeah. because that same trail could be completely different the next day based on weather and other factors. Run. Exactly. Whereas you know a road run, 
the ideal, especially in that elite level, is that it's pretty much the exact same thing you did last year or whenever, whenever to be not able to lot. keep tracking. No, I, so yeah, different. Yes, I love trails. I just, hmm. I guess it was certainly a place I could go and not feel like I was being, and this sounds very, well, I was a very paranoid person, but I wasn't being watched. I wasn't being analysed. I wasn't being scrutinised. No one was going to be able to talk to me. No one was going to be able to say anything. It was just me in the bush. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I definitely put that on a lot of my athletes to forget your time, forget your garment, yeah. just go run for time, walk a bit. Yeah. You know, like go enjoy it. Go enjoy yeah. a run. <laughs> I, I, I read some person's uh, race account of maybe some very long hundred mile or something mm. recently in America. And she was saying um, her pl main plan was to hike the ups and run down the, run the downs. I'm like, Oh, I like that plan. And she, and she made it for the close off. So that was good. So what, when it comes to identity and I know this, it feels like this episode has been a lot about identity actually. Um, how do you, I like often I'll have this question when people have had you know injuries and they've had to then deal with the fact that they can't run for a period of time and how they feel about that you've had a lot of those um in in your life and you know even at the beginning of this conversation you talked about um you know if you can you know you weren't sure that maybe you'll be able to run for a long time you know depending on how I guess all these operations go yeah is there something that you're doing? And I know you said that you're getting satisfaction out of working with your clients and that in itself is probably going to help you because it's not like you suddenly won't be connected to running or whatever because you have that as well. Is there something that you're doing in the way you're talking to yourself or the conversations you're having um, yeah, that you, to help you get through that as, as that comes up? As, yeah, I mean, again, I talk to Jess a lot. It's, it's certainly something that I do struggle with. Mm. Um, the day that I, 22 years ago, I was told I'd never run again, but yeah. I've, been, you know, I've been told that a lot, but I uh -huh. think the time is coming to a stage where I just won't be able to do it at the level I want. So I yeah. need to now sit down and, and talk with my allied professional team. I've got a very good team. I said, Doc, I'm going to meeting and just say, look, I've got to hear my body right. I'm at the stage now where mm. I've been sore for 20 plus years and I've pushed yeah. through it, never really yeah. complained. I just, you know, mm -hmm. sucked it up, but you know, I do know now that I'm certainly not as strong and I'm not as bulletproof as I once thought I was. So I need to come to terms with um, what's going to be okay, what's enough. Yeah. I don't have the answer yet, but I know mm -hmm. that I need, to, I need to search for that answer because if the day's coming where it may be better that I don't run. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not prepared to give up on that because it is, it is a way of life and it's not so much the identity, identity anymore. Mm. It's just I love it. Yeah. I just love to run. That's yeah. it's something that I could just go do and um, it's something for myself. But, yeah, so, look, I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. one. I'll, I'll talk to Doc, but Doc's said to me, look at your feet, Jason. They've never been runner's feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, my feet are not meant for running. What they're are they? Feet. Sw swimming feet? <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're, like they're flippers? Arched, they're clawed. They're, oh, they're wow. horrible. They're the, they're oh, the worst kind of feet. Yeah, hence why I've had so many issues and injuries oh. over the years. Um, like literally very high arches. I've wow. got clawed, clawed toes, so they're, yeah. they're tense. So my shins and calves are always clawed. They take a lot of the impact. Yeah. Yeah, and you wouldn't be one that's rehab more than I have and done all the right things. My body just wasn't necessarily cut out for running. 
and, and I suppose you've gone and looked at all the different types of shoes and all that. Look, stuff I was very lucky. I, early days, um, when I when I came back from I mean, Melbourne, I had I was sponsored by Mizuno, Asics, mm -hmm. bit of Nike. Then New Balance were my sponsor for ten years. Mm. They stood by me for ten years. They wow. they fitted me out with shoes. They did everything they possibly could. Technology's come a long way, right? But yeah, I was getting shoes as often as I wanted. It wasn't lack of shoes yeah. or anything like that. It was as um, wasn't necessarily even say just the biomechanics. My my body wasn't necessarily built for running. Um, yeah. Technically, I I was a yeah. horrible runner. Technically, yeah. um, where you know, getting back to your question, yeah, look, it's, I'm all right. I know it's coming to an end. I don't know. I think yeah. I'll always, be, I'll always run. I'll always want to in, run. In some way, yeah. In some way. Which is, which is, you know, the answer to the question, how long do you think you'll run for? As long as, as, long as I possibly can on my body. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think if anyone said, because I've been told don't run many times. Yeah. yeah, maybe Jess said don't run anymore, but I don't think she would do that either. <laughs> What do you think, what motivates you for it? Like for the getting out there all the time, for the, the desire to run, what is it that you love about running? Good question. Good question. I think it's something I can do for myself now where I guess a long time ago it was always push, 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 where now mm -hmm. it's I just want to go for a run. That's all I want to do, you know, and I, and that's what hurts, I guess. And that's the mentally the part that's hard for me to understand is because I'm at a part now with my running where I'm just happy to run. Mm. There's no real goal pace. There's no this, there's no that. It's, you know, just go for a nice run. And when you can't do that, it, it's hard. It's very mm. hard. And that's where I said to Doc, you know, let's just get my body right. Not only just so I can be able to run across the grass oval, you know yeah. what I mean? Just, yeah. just for a way of life. Yeah. But certainly my time out. Running's yeah. my time out from the computer, from from talking, and it's just me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when I go to the bush and I want to go for a run, mm -hmm. there's half hour I don't have to have my phone. Like I, I just yeah. feel that yeah. we're always stuck to technology. Connected. Mm -hmm. I like to get disconnected, and I'm still yeah. thinking about things we'll do when we run, right? Yeah. But I can just go run. Yeah. So it's a mindset that I used to be able to switch off. Yeah. Um, do you ever, well, it seems like a silly question, huh? do you listen to anything while you're running or are you more likely to run without any? Um, Normally nothing. Anything? No, no. Mm -hmm. I, I've got a crazy mind. I'm always thinking about mm -hmm. athletes and, you know, programming. And it's, yep. it's, it's what I do and it's what I love. And, and for one second, I wouldn't change that. But mm. I like running to be just for me. Yeah. Um, for that reason, that's yep. my, my shut-up yep. time. So, no, not, yep. not normally. I have tried it. You know, um, yeah, and then I've had other athletes over the years, like Sabco once said, you know, mm -hmm. if you're, you're listening, if you can hear the wind in your ears or anyone talking, you're not running hard enough. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm definitely not running hard enough. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, so no, I don't, I'd normally just go run. And do you run much um, by yourself? Well, with others, I should say, because it sounds like you run by yourself a little bit. I do a lot by myself because I'm generally always broken, but um I guess just with my work hours, it's easy for me yeah. just to get out for the day and go for a run. Yeah. Um, you know, I still like to warm up with some of the squad and mm -hmm. um, you can't beat a nice a group run. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, there is something about that, which is, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying before that you always encourage 
um, your clients to go and find a group as well as part of their running training? I think so. Yeah, there's certain sessions, obviously, that's designed for them. And um, yeah, we've, I'm very protective, again, call it power, and I'm very protective on some of our sessions that we do. They do by themselves, but that's mm. their race pace efforts or race race simulation. But if you're just going for your Sunday or your long your long run, Mm. Yeah, go find some company yeah, that's it's okay and quite often it's good to do because um you often start rolling by yourself and before you know it you're not running as easy as you should be on those long runs anyway yeah. all those recovery runs i should yeah. say yeah yeah um if you hadn't started running as a kid or and decided that that was something you wanted to keep doing how do you think your life would have turned out what's running given you uh, a life mm. basically yeah, yeah. It, um, like I said, I've I've had over thirteen of my mates take their own lives. I've had yeah, yeah. Look, so you think the running in in saying that that it has helped you deal with just what life throws at us? Like we, nobody gets out of here unscathed, but no. you think running's been one of your superpowers, secret weapons, I whatever think, you want I to call so. it. Look, I just have to overcome a lot. You know, like mm. the, again, I, I was very hostile, very violent, very just. Mm-hmm. You know, very aggressive and that's how I raced I raced hard and you know so pushing someone or giving someone a tap in the ribs it was just normal to me but you yeah. know you can't behave like that so <laughs> it taught taught me and obviously like I said Albert Johnson my, my running coach was a true gentleman it taught me the yeah. way of the world mm-hmm. the way of the world and how to how to behave and how to act yeah so it certainly did teach me a lot um, yeah. and I owe a lot to running hence why I said I still give a lot back to the sport yeah um, yeah, I mean, I I wish I probably spent a little bit more time on the mainland. I think from a business point of view, I would have been more successful over there um, initially than mm-hmm. in Hobart because people just don't it's change small, their ways. Yeah, you know, yeah, they still remember the way I was twenty years ago, and they think I'm yeah. still like that. Like, you know, but look uh, at you now. I mean, like, really, has it mattered now? I mean, as you said, right. maybe you would have would have. Um, taken off faster or something but now I 20 so. years later yeah yeah definitely it's just mm. um like i said it's i mean the last two years when and i don't mean this in a, in a negative way at all mm. but you just stop caring about those people because they're still yeah. stuck 20 years ago and yeah. i actually kind of feel sorry for mm. them now exactly. well that was me that was me mm. for 20 years i'm like mm-hmm. where now i'm going well you know it doesn't worry me because i do what i do and we do what we do as a squad and as a, as a coach and I'm, yeah. I'm certainly not that person I was 20 years ago. And if anyone thinks I am. <laughs> it I says more about them than it does about you anyway. Yeah, the ones. But I always thought it was me with the issue. That that was yeah. the problem. And I did. I did have an issue. Yeah. I had a very big chip on my shoulder. Don't worry about that. But it's just how I was as, a, as an athlete. I, I like yeah. to race hard. I like to push the boundaries. Um, yeah. As a coach and as you mature, you realise that that needs to change. That mindset needs yeah. to change. Because you will piss a lot of people off. And you did, so. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You did manage to change it. So that's pretty amazing, really. Can you think of, before we wrap up, can you think of any any run or race, it doesn't matter, that always sticks in your head as like just everything worked, it just felt amazing, doesn't matter if it's training run or, you know, reflect on one of those? That's interesting and and it's actually quite sad in a way. I have asked this question a couple of weeks ago and... Um, I didn't know the answer and I said, oh, I don't know. There were a couple of races where I ran and I just felt like I was on, you know, and I, yeah. I, could, run, I could run all day. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it was never good enough because I always felt it wasn't good enough, you know, someone mm-hmm. telling me, you know, there was someone faster, you mm-hmm. weren't. But there was a race when I first went to Ballarat 
Um, it was the Lake um, Relay Championships, so YCW, yeah. the club I joined over there. And, mm-hmm. you know, that day there was obviously um, Monaghetti, Nan Curvis, there was, there was Olympians, and, and I actually ran the fastest run split for the day. Wow. Now, at the time, it didn't really mean anything to me because it was a team relay. Yeah. But there was only that one race, that one race that I was actually ever proud of. I look back now and go, I was happy with that race, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah, you know, which is which is sad, and it's yeah. a very hard. Like I said, when the person yeah. asked me that question, I didn't have an answer. I thought mm. about it for a week, and it was that race that sticks in my mind. Mm. On reflection, other, yeah, on yeah. reflection, there was other races where yeah. I you know, broke broke records or club records or whatever. And um, but again, because I had to fight to get that recognised, mm. it took the sting off it. Yeah. Um, it's a reason why I don't talk about because a lot of murky waters at that certain times I ran yeah, just qualified. So you disqualified, it's not official, so you mm. don't you don't talk about it. Um yeah. so you you lo- it does tarnish the, the mm, some of those sort of does, yeah, it does tarn- it does tarnish it. But mm. yeah, so to answer your question, it would have been look, probably nineteen ninety nine, I think I had a paper cut out somewhere that it was the fastest leg of I think it was maybe like a three point two K leg. Yeah. Wow. So I'd say that one out of all the races, there's only that one run that I probably I was proud of. So wouldn't it be good if all of us runners, elite or otherwise, actually every single run we went on, that we just be in the moment for at least a short period of the run and make make some of that run something that that is memorable for us. If that makes sense. I'm not sure oh. if that makes sense, but that just... Yeah. Because we do, like what you described is something that you even, as you said, it was 20 years ago and only because somebody asked you recently the same sort of question that you, and then you had to reflect for a week that you even were able to pull it up. But wouldn't it be amazing if you could have said something like, well, I went for a run yesterday and I saw a flower and whatever, bubble bee, I don't know, yeah, yeah. or something, just there was something in that run and I just felt really great. Everything was oh. right for 30 seconds. It doesn't matter what, how long it no. is. No, Wouldn't it be good right. if we were all able to do that? I'm not saying I'm not able to do that all the time. I think but, we do. Um, but we are able to do it. It's that kind of, we are all able to do it if we want to. It's certainly can. a reflection I do a lot of my athletes now. You know, I had a couple of athletes ran yesterday, didn't have a great day at Bernie Ken. Mm. So I said, mm. let's reflect on it. What mm. were the good? What, you know, and you've got, there's always a positive. And yeah. a, you know, it's easy for me to say from a coach, but I was always there. It was always the negatives. You know, you didn't do this, yeah. you didn't do that. But there was some part for one. You got to the race. You committed. Yeah. You yeah. put it on the line, and you raced. To me, you, yeah. you got kudos to me for me straight away because yeah. you fronted up. You got Boom. your ass off the lounge <laughs> or the, the whatever was going on through your mind that week. It might have been negative. You broke yeah. up with a girlfriend. Whatever it might be, I don't know. Lots of reasons not to. <laughs> you got there. You raced. Yeah. So that's a positive. Yeah. yeah, you didn't get the time you wanted, um, but there's always a positive in there. And I say yeah. to my athletes all the time. You live and you learn, but there's yeah. something that and reflect. So they make notes of that um, yeah. in the, one of the platforms I use for feedback that we use. Oh, perfect. It's like a bit of a yeah. journal, I guess, a journal or a yeah. log. They put in there and go, felt shit, ran shit. Yeah. But on a good note, um, first 2K was great. Nutrition was great. Happy yeah. days, right? so The weather was good and the ocean was on my left and my right side when I did the yeah. burning tent. <laughs> exactly. So that, that you're right. The mindset of that is dead right. And it's something that I, I definitely instill into my athletes that, yeah. I mean, I have the hard conversations if, if it hasn't gone to plan, but mm. I feel that. I feel that with them. But I also, too, they need to understand that there's certainly some positives in that as well. Yeah. 
Is there anything about running? I know we've covered lots of bits and pieces. Is there anything that we haven't talked about when it comes to running that you wanted to share that you think is important to impart? I'll ask you for some tips in a minute, like for beginner runners, but is there anything about running just in general you want to share? Look, I just think it can be a way of life. I just think it's um, there's some very, very good people out there um, in the running community. Like I Mm -hmm. said, I've touched on a few. There's some small clicker goose. That's in any sport, just not running. Yeah. Yeah. It's political. It's in any sport, just not yeah. running. There are some people that I've known now for over 20 years that I have no doubt if I phoned them up for help, they would they would help. Yeah. Um, there's some like-minded people out there. So find find those people, you know. There's yeah. there's plenty of groups out there, plenty of people out there. Um, I just think it's a good it's a it's a clean way of life, mm. a nice balance to your life, I find. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know you said your body isn't necessarily your feet, in particular, not shaped to run, but because I always say everybody's made to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone can so, run, yeah. So even if you can run, anybody can run. <laughs> With oh, feet like yeah. yours, if you can, then we can yeah, all run. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to see them. They're, they're nasty. They're pretty nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I will put at the end of this um, episode your details if you want people can add their name to your stuff your yeah, list yeah. coaching list that would be pretty cool yeah yeah um but before we go it's been amazing we could talk for hours and hours more but then probably some of your coaching students would miss out on some of your attention because you'd be here talking to me instead right. um if however so before we go can I have some tips for beginner runners? So people who haven't really run before, if they've come back from an injury from a long time, not running, how do you suggest they get started, Jason? Patience. Um, definitely need patience, especially on the comeback from injury. Um, do some research, you know, um, jump online. Word of mouth is the best. Ask around if, if, if they are seeking a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you're not seeking a coach, just slow and steady and be consistent, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't think you have to run every single day. Um, there's cross training out there. There's plenty of other options out there because mm-hmm. um, you can only run so much before you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so be Case smart. <laughs> be, yeah, be smart. Be smart with your training and don't be scared to ask people. You know, talk to people, ask questions. Um, there's, like I said, there's a lot of very good people out there that don't necessarily want your money or you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're happy just to chat. They're happy yeah. just to chat running like we are. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was one of the things that was quite confusing for me when I when I was, uh, you know, in my twenties and I was running and I was like, oh, I didn't actually understand how the coaching thing worked and you know it was all kind of and we, there were sorry there was no internet. No, <laughs> so, no absolutely, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> you know, I got berated. I got berated once for charging. A local coach <laughs> in Jersey came up and actually said, "I cannot believe your coach really? who passed." And I, you don't ever talk about my first coach in a bad way for a start. But I, I said, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, but I, it's a business for me now. Like mm-hmm. I said, I went off. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I still, I still give back to the sport because yeah. I love, I love the sport. I'm still up there at the domain and other, yeah. you know, and Lonnie kicking around watching guys. But it's, um, I think coaching is really valuable in in any area of life. Yeah, actually, yeah, well, <laughs> so yeah, I think that tight asses in Tassie, I find yeah. like they, they don't really it can be. <laughs> I think they're just not. They just don't necessarily understand yeah. what what is available to them out there, and because it could be they don't think maybe running coaching, but maybe 
they want to learn to um i don't know knit or so or or do sounds a silly one but you know they might want to learn something else and um if they could find a coach and and that was something they really wanted to do they'd be more than than happy to to pay to get that to learn that um so i think yeah coaching is a very valuable especially the individual stuff i think you know you can't get that from the internet um, no, you, you cannot. No, um, I think people think think you can. I think they think they're getting a one on one program, but yeah. uh, chances are they're not. Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Thank you. It has been amazing. Like I said, we could speak thank for you. hours. Don't go straight away. I will say goodbye to you after the recording as well. But thank you. Massive thank you for the time that you shared. It's been really raw and real, and I've really enjoyed it. It's going to help lots of people. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.